Welcome to the live broadcast of a service for the worship of God, which is coming to you from the sanctuary of Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church in Richmond, Virginia. Oh, praise the Lord with me. Let us exalt God's name together. Good morning and welcome, Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church. I am co-pastor Joanna Sidnor. Grace Covenant welcomes all who come to worship, whether in person, whether while listening on the radio, or while watching online. We greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, on this Lord's Day. Please turn your attention to the announcements. In the bulletin, you will see many ways in which we can participate in the life of the church. I want to highlight a few announcements. If you have not already done so, please mark your calendars for next Sunday, the 90th annual candlelight service 
will be at 5 p.m. Bring your family and your friends for this joyous occasion. Also, we are very excited to welcome Deanna Elliott as our new Director of Administration and Communications to Grace Covenant. Please give her a warm welcome when you see her. Now just take a moment and just look around this sanctuary. How beautiful it is. We thank the decorating committee for this labor of love. We will certainly enjoy it for the next couple weeks. However, all things come to an end and the decorating committee would like to invite any interested individuals uh, to come out and assist with taking down the decorations on December the 27th at 9.30 a.m. Finally, we are reminded that COVID is still present and the session continues to monitor this situation, encouraging social distancing, wearing of masks when social distancing is not possible, and for uh, those who are unvaccinated to wear your masks. Now, let us turn our hearts and our minds to worship the triune God this third Sunday of Advent. I invite the Adekoya family to come forward to light the third Advent candle. During the season of Advent, we welcome Christ coming into the world and watch with expectant hope for Jesus Christ's return again. Today we light the third Advent candle, the candle of joy, with a reading from the prophet Isaiah. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. stand. Please join together in the call to worship as printed in our bulletin. We gather in preparation, for good news is about to be proclaimed. We gather in expectation, for joy is about to explode in our midst. We gather in celebration, for we are those people who have said yes to the manger, yes to love and flesh, 
yes to the one incarnate for others, yes to the wholeness of God. With preparation and in expectation, let us celebrate. Once again, welcome to the live broadcast of a service for the worship of God, which is coming to you from the sanctuary of Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church at 1627 Monument Avenue in Richmond, Virginia. This is the 98th year of radio ministry at Grace Covenant. Today's date is December 12, 2021, and today's broadcast is number 5020. This morning's sermon, entitled Rejoice in Repentance, will be delivered by Dr. Calvin Sidner IV, Covenant Co-Pastor. Assisting in the service today are Christopher Martin, our Director of Music and Organist, Covenant Co-Pastor Mrs. Joanna Sidner, Dana McKnight, Liturgist, the Chancel Choir, and, as you've just heard, the Adekoya family with the lighting of the third Advent candle. Our opening hymn is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, which is number 147 in the hymn book. Nothing is able to separate us from the love of God and Jesus Christ. Let us in freedom confess the wrong we have done. Merciful God, you pardon all who truly repent and turn to you. We humbly confess our sins and ask for your mercy. We have not loved you with a pure heart, nor have we loved our neighbor as ourselves. We have not done justice loved kindness, or walked humbly with you, our God. Have mercy on us, O God, in your loving kindness. In your great compassion, cleanse us from our sin. Create in us a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within us. Do not cast us from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from us. Restore to us the joy of your salvation and sustain us with your bountiful spirit, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
these comforting words, if you repent and believe in God's redeeming mercy, your sins are forgiven. Trust in God's promises and begin anew your life with God and all people in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. intently to God's word and be blessed through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Gracious God, we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth. Make us hungry for this heavenly food, that it may nourish us today in the ways of eternal life through Jesus Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. Today's Old Testament scripture comes from the book of Zephaniah, chapter 3, verses 14 through 20. I will be reading from the New Standard uh, Revised Bible. Listen for the word of the Lord. A song of joy. Sing aloud, O daughter Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgment against you. He has turned away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall fear disaster no more. On that day, it shall be said to Jerusalem, do not fear. O Zion, do not let your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior who gives victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. He will exalt you over he will exalt over you with loud singing as on the day of festival. I will remove disaster from you so that you will not bear reproach for it. I will deal with all your oppressors at that time and I will save the lame and gather the outcast, and I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. At that time, I will bring you home, at that time when I gather you, for I will make you renowned and praised among the, all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
joy and gladness, for among you is the great and holy one of Israel. Truly God is my salvation, I trust I shall not fear. For the Lord is my strength, my song, he became my savior. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Cry out with joy and gladness, for among you is the great and holy one of Israel. Give thanks to the his name, make mighty his deeds known to the peoples, declare the greatness of his name, cry out with joy and gladness, for among you is the great and Psalm to the Lord, for he has done glorious deeds, make them known to all the earth. People of Zion, sing and shout for joy, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Cry out with joy and gladness. Savior Jesus Christ on this third Sunday of Advent. I will be reading the gospel from Luke 3 verses 7 to 18. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Listen for the word of the Lord. John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers, who warns you to flee from the wrath to come. Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the ax is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, what then should we do? In reply, he said to them, whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none. And whoever has food must do likewise. 
even tax collectors came to be baptized. And they asked him, teacher, what should we do? He said to them, collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Soldiers also asked him, and we, what should we do? He said to them, do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation and be satisfied with your wages. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but the one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. The word of the Lord. We live in a society where people claim their truths and our individual truths justify our actions even when it is bad behavior. I am sure that even in that crowd are those who are professing to be Christians and it can be difficult to tell the difference. Our text finds crowds who were probably curious, some doubting, some entrenched with no intentions to change, and others looking for transformation. But the text does not tell us that. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, open our ears and minds of the hearer that your word will be received. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. In our text, Jewish crowds came to the Jordan River to hear a wilderness prophet named John the Baptist preach and be baptized. In Matthew 3 and 7, a parallel passage, the Pharisees and Sadducees are the audience of his sermon, unlike in Luke, where it is generically the crowds. His opening words were not warm and inviting, such as greetings to all who come out, or welcome, I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But shockingly, you brood of vipers, who warns you to flee the wrath to come? In a not so subtle way, John makes it crystal clear to the deceitful heart that even the fear and venom of poisonous snakes cannot escape the peril of fire. We too can get caught up in fear of the unknown about today and tomorrow and find ourselves seeking God, not out of authenticity in our belief in a God who saves and redeems us, but as a rider on an insurance policy, if you will, that protects us from the impending realities that cause us fear. Old age, poor health, death, that which none of us 
can escape. Perhaps it is a particular situation. You may have experienced a temporary request for refuge when you told God, if you would just get me out of this situation, I will never do it again. Fruit trees and plants bear fruits naturally. Still, John's paradoxical, no exceptions remedy for the disingenuous hearts to receive God's forgiveness of sins was for them to bear fruits or to live a life worthy of repentance. Not even the insulation of ethnic or religious identity as Abraham's ancestor offered the security of salvation. God could use even wilderness stones to raise up children to Abraham as to clarify to the Jewishness of the crowd that God does not need them for God's redemptive mission. The urgency to turn toward God is palpable as John proclaimed even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. To repent or to be cut down by God can seem like bad news, but its urgency summons us to look at our reflection in the deep well of our souls where we often find selfishness, greed, and scandal opportunity. Sometimes pride can be greater than our faith, or the wall of shame can be higher than we want or can climb, or sometimes the guilt we carry can be too difficult to handle. It can be challenging to turn toward God when we find comfort in the routines in old habits of our lives. But John the Baptist knew the sovereignty of God, who sent one greater than he. His purifying words would prepare the crowds to have refined hearts that would transform their lives to serve others in the justice of the Lord. A repentant heart is a heart for Christ that rejoices in the magnificence of knowing God's unrelenting grace on us. Repentance produces unimaginable joy. Knowing God's grace surrenders God's power on us that we would turn to Christ, living in the expectancy of his coming, where we walk and serve in compassion for others in the power of the Holy Spirit. The sermon title this morning is Rejoice in Repentance. The thought of rejoicing in repentance can be appalling for some. Some might say to themselves, at my age, it's too late for me to change. Or say, everyone knows how I am. I've been this way my whole life. Or boldly proclaim, I already lead a good life. What more do I have to do? I believe the text highlights several reasons we can rejoice in repentance. We rejoice in repentance because there is still time for renewal. As we get older, it seems like time escapes us. Yet, there are only 24 hours in a day. We often use phrases like, what happened to the time? as a way of saying there's not enough time to get done those things that we think are important. Time does escape us 
And so the jolt of the need for renewal, you brood of vipers, who warns you to flee from the wrath to come, awakens us to the blessed necessity of now. However, it can be easy to find excuses for living into the new rhythms of God's leniency. John the Baptist didn't want the Jews to use their Abrahamic legacy as an excuse. And God does not want us to use our family legacies in the church or our denominationalism or the successes of our lived experience instead of renewing our faith in Christ. The words bear fruit worthy of repentance are often misunderstood. As one theologian stated, we fail to hear in them God as an urgent lover pleading for commitment. The time God gives us to turn to God is incredible love and grace. We are grateful when people wait for us. We are thankful for their patience because they didn't have to do it most of the time. God gives us time for renewal through rededicating our lives in the distinction of being the children of God. Even when we do not feel worthy of God's love and we want to shrink in awe of God's power, God shows us mercy in the urgency of time. Praise be to God. God's grace waits for us to respond in love. During the children's chapel, uh, the Thursday before last, three and five-year-old children were asked how they could change and do good for others. The first little voice came from a three-year-old who gently said, listen, it was more than cute. Another little voice said, share. And yet another said, be nice. The answer that is always correct was shouted by a child who was sitting in the back of the class who said, Jesus. Out of the mouth of babes, we learn we are living right now in a time of renewal where we can produce the fruits of listening, sharing, being nice, and keeping our mind fixed on Jesus, where we find joy in the life-giving blessing of helping others. We can rejoice in repentance because God can change us. Verse 8 says, to those that doubt, God is able. Our transformation is a characteristic of God's power, and the stones of our lives are not too big or hard to match God's grace. You see, repentance guides us into a distinctive lifestyle of justice and compassion that reflects the genuineness of living in God's mercy. Some people, however, work hard to remain in control. I read a story by David Yarborough that made me laugh and made me think about how resistant we can be to change. This is a story about a man who cried out to God after being saved by a nail. A man was putting on a roof on his house when he slipped and he began to slide down the side of his roof. He cried out to God to save him when no sooner than the words came out of his mouth, a nail snagged his pants and stopped him. When he finally stopped and realized he was okay, he said, never mind, God, I took care of it. 
God can even change stubborn people. When we recognize God's grace and mercy as believers, individually and corporately as the church, we cannot help but ask ourselves how we join in on what God is already doing. The response to John's preaching was, what then should we do? The repentant heart gathers with other believers in spirit as a corporate response to our inward dependency on God and our outward living of the gospel. Repentance calls us into intimacy with others. We share our possessions and food with others, do not take financial advantage of people who trust our counsel or abuse our authority to build illegitimate power, status, and profit. This repentant heart was the response of the crowds, tax collectors, and soldiers, respectively, to the preaching that turned their hearts toward the living divine justice and compassion for humankind. Making fruits of repentance demands two things, divine input and our neediness to rely on God, who gives all in unimaginable love to us. What then should we do? There are gifts that God has given us to make a difference in the spaces where we are. Whether it be at home, whether it be at our uh, work, whether it be in the church or in the community where this church is planted. Our response might be as simple as a smile or perhaps sharing an experience that you had that would comfort someone who feels isolated in their pain. Maybe it is a word of encouragement to someone who is having a bad day or perhaps an act of kindness. We ought to listen to God and respond. Micah 6 and 8 reminds us by saying, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. We should rejoice in repentance also because the baptism of the Holy Spirit in fire leads us from a good life to a gospel life. It is great to live a good life, and indeed plenty of people do. But if you thought you had everything you could want, you would have to admit that there is still a feeling of wanting that the world cannot satisfy. There are no material goods or wealth or people in our lives that can compensate our barrenness away from the living God. Doing good deeds can become checkboxes for community service, self-recognition, or simply feeling like you are doing your part in the community. And yet, many of our hearts are still in crisis. It is interesting to note that the preparation for the hope and joy of Christ's coming always seems to arrive at a time of crisis, which is true in this passage. The Greek word for crisis is krisis, which means 
judgment. And our time of crisis or our wilderness moments is where we meet God's love and judgment in the grace of Jesus Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Through having a repentant heart, we are no longer the generic crowds who hear the preached word. We become the people of God, verse 15, ready to receive more power than what John could give in his baptism. Jesus baptizing us with the Holy Spirit and fire. John's hearers would have understood the Holy Spirit as a divine figure that, as one scholar suggests, more than symbolically washes us clean, but immerses us into the power and person of God. The Holy Spirit fills us full, and the fire refines our faith like a refiner's fire that prepares us for the judgment of God. We will not fear, but rejoice in knowing his winnowing fork is in his hand because Christ has found favor in those who lean wholly on him to guide their lives. The reason for our great rejoicing and repentance is God seeks to embrace us and is calling us back into a divine relationship with Christ. Mark 1 and 15 says, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. The Greek word for good news in verse 18 is a verb and not a noun suggesting as one scholar calls it divine activity. In God's divine activity, our good life becomes the gospel life. We become faithful and authentic followers of Jesus Christ. We're bearing the worthy fruits of repentance becomes our nature. Are you rejoicing in living the repentant life? Or are you hanging on by a nail? If we ask, if we ever experienced a miracle, many Christians would say no. We cannot recall a supernatural moment in our lives uh, worth noting, but we find joy in the stories we've heard or the miracles we have witnessed. Stories such as being told that you only have six months to live and yet you're here to tell your story. Or maybe you were in a car accident that everybody said no one should have survived, but you did. Stories like these are powerful and give us hope that the mystery of God is at work in the world in inconceivable ways. Sometimes we do not recognize God's miraculous hand in our lives. Repentance is one of those miracles, for a repentant heart has been changed to acknowledge the grace of the living God and springs forth to serve in Christ's ministry. Let us rejoice in repentance that we have been given time to renew our lives in Christ and walk in faith with others. Let us rejoice in repentance that relinquishing our truths and living in God's grace transforms us to walk in the authority of the one who came and will come again, Jesus Christ. And let us rejoice that we are called to live a gospel life where we will serve others 
in the now kingdom of God and know that we are prepared to meet the King of Kings as a new creature in Christ who has been filled with the Holy Spirit and purified by fire. When we rejoice in repentance, we can boldly sing joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let the earth receive her king. Amen. You are listening to the live broadcast of a worship service at Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church. You have just heard this morning's sermon entitled Rejoice in Repentance, which was delivered by Dr. Calvin Sidner IV, our covenant co-pastor. The congregation will now join in singing Wild and Lone the Prophet's Voice, which is number 409 in the Presbyterian Hymnal. in song to God's word. Now let us respond by affirming what we believe in saying the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He ascended into hell, 
and there they again. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. God calls us to be a praying people. Let us join in prayer, offering our praise, thanksgiving, and intercession to God. Let us pray. God, our provider, we come to you with humble hearts, offering all the glory, honor, praise, and thanksgiving to you. We give you thanks for this day, for this is the day that the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, O God, for your love, mercy, and grace, and forgiveness found in the incarnation, ministry, death, resurrection, and ascension of your Son, Jesus Christ. We pray for your creation that we will participate in being good stewards over the earth and the dominion you have granted us. We pray for the church universal. You have gifted us with being the church that we would be the one body of Christ sent out into the world with a heart of repentance to serve others, that your glory would be revealed. We pray especially for Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church. Keep your hand of love, hospitality, and mission upon this faith community. Guide us by your Holy Spirit and continually bless each one of us. Grant us a spirit of mercy for us to share our possessions, to help feed those who are hungry, have us to work in Christ's power, to uplift the poor and marginalized, and that your mighty hand of justice will pour down to those who suffer at the hands of injustice, uniting us as, uniting us as one creation of God. Look with compassion and provide your healing to those who are sick and homebound. Reveal your presence, comfort, and provide your healing. Give your peace and blessings, O God, to those who mourn. May God's wings of protection give an indescribable reassurance. Gracious God, put your hand of healing on all who experience tragic, tragic situations and injustices worldwide and at home. Comfort them and give peace that passes all understanding. Bless us with patience that others might be receptive to your presence and saving power in our sharing of the word by what we say and how we live. Show favor to the ears that are hearing right now 
cheer them by your word and bring healing as a sign of your grace. Loving God, we offer these prayers joining our voices to the great chorus of those who sing your praise and depend on you alone. By sharing in the prayer you taught your disciples how to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. Tremble before him all the earth. The ushers will not be passing the offering plates today. The plates are located at the back of the sanctuary. For those worshiping at home, we encourage you to continue your financial ministry by sending your offering either through the mail, uh, for those who have envelopes, it's already addressed, through your bank or online at www.grace-covenant.org forward slash give hyphen online. To God be the glory for all the blessings of our lives.
We bring you these gifts, O God, from what we have first received from you. Use them, we pray, to enable the ministries of this church to flourish as we together serve our neighbors, both here, near, and afar away, by showing love and doing mercy. Amen. Our final hymn is Lift Up Your Heads, Ye Mighty Gates, which is number eight in the Presbyterian Hymn. Rejoice in repentance that you may serve others and live faithfully in the baptism with the Holy Spirit and fire. People of God, hear now these words of blessing. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Hallelujah. Amen.
For the past hour, you have been listening to the worship service at Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church in Richmond, Virginia. Please join us again next Sunday through our radio ministry or in our sanctuary at 1627 Monument Avenue. We'd also like to announce that the first Red Cross blood drive of 2022 will be here at the Fellowship Hall of Grace Covenant on Saturday, January 8th, between 9 a.m. and 2 p.m. Your announcer today has been John Harris, and the engineer was Steve Kemp. This service streams live and can be accessed through the Grace Covenant website, which is grace-covenant.org. We now return you to the Truth Network on WLES, 590 AM, 97.7 FM.